Hello. Hey, how are you? Oh, Rod, how are you doing? Good. You're on the air with Tim and Tom. Oh, and am I? Hi, Tim and Tom. <laughs> hey, we've got this podcast called Albums. Yes. We've just recorded one, but we need the next album. Is there something that you love to listen to from start to finish? It could be any genre. We don't care. If you love it, we want to give it a go. Okay. Something I love to yeah. listen to start to finish. Yeah. Oh, what if I can't remember the album name? That's all right. Uh, we'll look it up. Look it up. Um, so the Polyphia album that has goat on it. What? Polyphia. How do you spell that? P-H-Y. Oh, God. P-A-L. I don't know. Hang on. P-A-L-I-F-I-A. Hey, Google. Goat. How do you spell Polyphia? Polyphia. P-O-L-Y-F. Yeah, that's it. Polyphia. Polyphia. Hey, uh, Google, what is the Polyphia album that has goat on it? Sorry, don't know how to help with that. Uh, hey, Google hey, go- sucks. Hey, hey, Google, <laughs> sell Bitcoin. Sell, sell, sell. <laughs> no, the, the Polyphia album with goat on it. It's called New Levels, New Devils. Okay, Tim, that's our next album. Nick, you genuinely love this album. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I've fallen into the modern trap of going on to whatever streaming service of choice is and just say, Hey, play me some Polyphia. Right. Have you listened to this whole album, though, from start to finish? Yeah. Well, that's what we want to hear. Well, we'll create a, a new Polyphia fan. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. That's awesome. Devils, new devils. Tim, I think we've been thrown a curveball by my brother. <laughs> I, I, I think it was fantastic. I must admit, I did not expect this to come out of his mouth when he when we were searching for uh, content. It's a bit of a different one. Polyphia is uh, not a very common name to the common folk. Yeah, it's 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 quite the package to unveil. What do you reckon? This is another one like. <laughs> Hiatus Coyote, where I feel like I should have known who the hell these guys were. Like, yep. I feel if if you if you want to make me feel old and that I've been living under a rock, then the, this album and the associated thing that is Polyphia mm-hmm. really made me feel that. Well, in fairness, they are like twelve and thirteen years old. And, you know, <laughs> okay, hang on, I'll do the thing. I'll do the thing. <laughs> so, Polyphia, um, we are talking about their. Latest LP, New Levels, New Devils, that came out in 2018. Polyphia are out of Plano, Texas, and they formed in 2010. They did have a a singer for a while, but since 2012, they have been vocal-less. So how would you describe their music, Tim? Um, Well, basically, bottom line, uh, Polyphia is twiddle-twiddly-wah-wah guitar music. (laughs) Okay, uh... I'll get back to the, uh, the wiki, shall I? They were originally known for classical guitar covers on YouTube, and their first album, from what I can tell, associated them heavily with the degent movement. Now, I had to look up what degent was. I, it's that sort of. That's where the name comes from. Like degent is the is the sound of the guitar. Mostly a lot of heavier bands and stuff like that. Like, um, yeah, and I think these guys are like we didn't listen to their first album. I think these guys started out that way. Yeah, well, I've had a, have a little bit of a, a a discovery into some of their other stuff. A lot of their first album work is a, is a lot heavier. Um, is there any distortion lot... on their guitars? Yeah, so now yeah. they've really sort of went in a bit of a different direction with new new levels, new devils, which I think is kind of fantastic. I mean, the sound of this album's unbelievable, and they say themselves in interviews they spin out that they get invited to play 
download festival and all these heavy metal gigs and they're not a heavy metal gig while there's aspects of it and there's amazing guitar playing and amazing playing on everybody's behalf at the same time they're not really the sort of band that you'd be circle pitting to in the middle of the middle of the crowd or anything like that they are crossing so many genres within uh, this album Especially, I think actually this album might be a culmination of just smashing it all together and coming up with their own version of the genre, whatever it is. They're doing what they like and taking inspiration from everywhere and smashing it into their their sound. The next album may be something completely different, but crazy mental players. So you've got Tim Henson and Scott LePage, the two guitarists. You've got Clay Gober, who's the bass player. Clay Gober. Clay Gober. Clay Gober. He Holy spirit animal. Dooley, that man is a monster. And drummer, Clay Ashleman. Clay, Clay also another, like these guys, uh, despite the diminutive size of Tim, are monsters <laughs> of their instruments. Just everybody in this. I mean, Tim's obviously, you know, the, the massive driving force behind the songwriting part of it, especially when it gets down to the production that he's put into this and the way he goes about with his songwriting. But God, it just wouldn't sound anything like it does. Without Clay team, man. I mean, Gober on bass. I've never heard such an immense. I, I, I love, I love bass players with wild out there to the front kind of sounds, and like the whole guts of this record is just driven by Clay's bass work on this. And then Clay number two, he, his, uh, two guys artist, in the band called Clay. Unbelievable. How are there two yeah. guys in the band called Clay? I know it's really awkward. You know who's around is Clay's. <laughs> now I don't have a rivalry with my brother. Uh, I just know that he likes far more complex stuff than I do. And initially, I thought the album lacked a bit of dynamic range. I don't know if this is because it's, I mostly listened to it in my noisy diesel ute and couldn't, <laughs> couldn't hear everything that was going on, or if it's an artifact perhaps of modern recording. You remember the bad albums of the late 90s, early 2000s, and I blame Limp Biscuit for this, where the com- – Pressure was so big that it completely crushed all the drops in an album. Yep. It just, it, it ruined everything. There'd be just a vocal part and then the band would come in and everything would just get sucked down. And it's, yeah, 100%, it, this yeah. album's nowhere near as bad as that. And I've listened to it on a couple of different devices now and I don't actually think it's the case. I think it's my ute. <laughs> <laughs> but there's an evenness to this recording that I think can lull you into hearing everything as sort of a bit samey. Uh, and I felt like initially it could have easily been a gapless album and everything run into one of one another with very little tweaking. That sort of made me feel like sometimes it was a bit samey. I, I don't actually think it is samey. I think I wasn't giving it its due. Yeah, well, it, it's an interesting one. I sort of you know listened to instrumental albums and stuff like that when I was a kid, listening to old Joe Satriani and Steve I and all that sort of stuff, and not having the dialogue that lyrics will bring you can sometimes find you without an anchor point within a song. And these guys, they do stuff that nobody does. But even in all its glory and its, and its fantastic playing and everything like that, it does. It does have that you're searching for the differential in each song. Like sometimes you can almost pick, yep, it's going to do that sweet picking thing and then it's going to go down to this part here and then this is the part where they drop out. And some of it is a bit formulaic. It doesn't make it any less spectacular. Yeah, I've got to agree with you there. And I think um, I watched- albums are hard, man. Yeah, oh, look, full credit to them. I did watch an interview with Tim where he said, oh, well, this is kind of the formula I use. 
we sort of do a phrase and on the fourth playthrough of a phrase, that's where you get to show off. And so he is working to a formula. All good producers do. And that formulaic feel maybe didn't keep me as engaged as it might have if there was a bit more air in what they're doing overall to make some of the surprises that they have in there. If you, if you This is what I'm saying. I had to dig in and listen to hear some of the things that really made it pop. This album is a little bit of work to listen to if you really want to get the full experience. It, yeah. On yeah. the other hand, you can have it on, and it is great just to have on the background while you're doing something else. Absolutely. I painted a cupboard with it. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't very exciting, but... <laughs> Hey, this is life, and that's why we're getting into these albums to have as soundtracks to things again. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> I do. I want to hear albums that are soundtracks to to life. Life doesn't stop when you're 25, and all music after that isn't garbage. You're constantly making new memories. We should be applying new soundtracks to those memories. Yeah, yeah. Digging back into this album because Nick said it was the best one he's ever listened to. Wow, he said he loved it. He loved it from beginning to end, and that's all we require. Nasty, the opening track. Nasty. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Nasty is kind of like uh, your your tasting plate of uh, the smorgasbord. Yeah, of the rest of this album. That's an interesting one. The sort of it, she she builds into it and then hits you with the intensity and does that ebb and flow thing there for a bit and then um playing solo on the end of that I can't remember. Oh, uh, Jason that Richardson. Actually? That's right, Jason Richardson. Good lord, when he kicks into that, that's just absolutely astounding. Now I like Monster, yeah, but this brings me one of my first problems with this album, and that's really hard to differentiate some of the guest artists. Like, if you don't know the oh, yeah. genre, I haven't sort of tried to highlight that in any way. Yeah, well, I didn't even realise some of them uh, were parts by the the guest artists until I saw the videos for, for, for some of the ones. But uh, Oh, okay, because yeah, no, I had it, it, no idea where he was playing. I, w- I would have had yeah. no idea. It's funny, like, on most of the lead work on this album, Tim does take a back seat and just lets his guest musos, of which there are many, and they are just as brilliant as these guys. And they just uh, they smash it out and do that guest part, which is basically the solo, because everything up to that point was basically a solo from Tim anyway. So, you know, he thought he might <laughs> let someone else have a bit of a ping. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, no, it's kind of, it's kind of cool, actually, because it, it opens up for that full collab vibe, and this is we've, we've structured this part, and this is the part for you, you know, and he does write his songs uh, with that in mind. Like, this is the hole in the end part where such and such guest is going to come in and do his twiddlies. Yeah, okay, cool. And that's probably where this is all new for me. Mm. If you're expecting something, you just, you're just going to be wrong. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I remember the first time I got introduced to this guy uh, from a guy at work who's a bit of a, a gent uh, metalhead. He loves all this kind of stuff. There's a couple other bands like um, uh, Chon and New Scientist, but they're all this, all that sort of degen. Just yeah, sort of. You know, it's it's not like when I think of degen, I think more bands like Meshuggah and stuff like that. 
Yeah, but anyway, so he got me onto this and, and instantaneously, like I'd never heard anything like it. Like the first song I did here was Goat, and we'll get to that a little bit later on, but it just, I'd never heard playing like it, you know, just the tone was just, it blew me away instantaneously, you know, you got that single coil, it's not a strat he plays Ibanez, but it's that single coil, unmistakable sound, but he just takes it to a whole new dimension. And then the rest of the band kick in and it's not normal playing, like there's nothing normal about the way they do anything. They've completely developed their own own style and sound and subtle little flicks of the tremolo. Yeah, just so many interesting things. And the fact that there's barely any distortion on this, which is so indicative of lead guitar work and fanciful guitar work like this. You know, you expect it to be drenched in distortion, but it's not. It's all stripped right back and has this huge, huge sound from a clean guitar with a bit of compression, a slight bit of breakup. Just created this sonic landscape of just, yeah, absolutely bizarre guitar work, which which blew me away the first time I ever heard it. More to my uh, detriment, I didn't delve deeper into it until we started processing this album. I'd only ever heard two songs. Yeah, um, right. But yeah, it was... It was not like anything else, you know, and um, I'm sort of grateful to have had a good dive into it because, like you sort of said, it's when you first listen to it, it's not exactly something that grabs you straight away. It does take a little bit of work to get into it, but then, you know, when you do get into it, you, you're rewarded somewhat. So let's move on to OD. What do you think? Uh, it's yeah. got a video. It's a very interesting one. Have you had a chance to look at it? No, no. I stayed away from it because that was your job. <laughs> Is the video good? <laughs> I tell a lie. I have seen the goat video. Well, it's, it's kind of the same sort of thing. Like, there's not really specifically a narrative to their videos per se. It's really just a whole bunch of really fancy shots of them playing their instruments. In a nice setting. Yeah, so all three of the videos that they did for this, like, oh, and all, like really well shot. Oh, uh, the goat the one was yet. exceptionally well shot, and at least it had a bit of a Stranger Things vibe. Very much so. I saw the upside down yeah. world comparison kind of thing, which was cool. OD was kind of a little bit like that. Lots of dramatic cuts between each instrument. When the parts got really, really manic before it went back into the do that with imagery as well. Lots of manic sort of shots and, and fast cut sequences and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But like I said, it doesn't really, there's no story per se in any of their videos like that. Which is there's no lyric to base it off. I think that may, I'm not going to say it's lazy filmmaking because uh, if it's anything as good as the the goat video, then the filmmaking's exceptional. But to say that these songs, because they lack lyrics, don't have stories, I think is selling it a bit short. They definitely have movements that, that move through storytelling elements. It can be argued that a lot of EDM doesn't have lyrics per se, but they, they manage to sometimes they manage to tell a, a, a wicked story. Daft Punk. What's the what's the um <laughs> what's the one with the dog? <laughs> On crutches, that that's a movie. What's that song? Um, Big um, City Light. No, that's the book he's reading. Oh, I can't remember. Like there are there are no lyrics in that song, and I would argue that there's less of a a musical throughput for sort of story. Um, but like they worked very hard on their imagery, obviously. Tim, from a few interviews I've seen, was always going to be a rock star if he wants to show off yeah. he, himself playing. That, that sort of rings true with the, the interviews I've read. There's a video called Timmy Hendrix. He used to, he, he's about nine 
We're 10 years old. He's playing a, a little kid's band. It's on YouTube. Hi, I'm Timi Hendrix. And he'd throw the guitar behind his head and play. And he, he just wanted to be Hendrix. It makes a lot of sense that they would just show themselves playing. Yeah, well, it's, it's not as not necessarily as cut and dry as that. You know, there are there's definitely, um, you know, scene changes and a progression in the video. And another video from the album, uh, from the song Yaz, is literally just the four of them in a very fancy loft apartment. Department. Oh wow! And just lots of interesting editing between that, and that's got the two guest guitarists Mario Camerino and Eric Hansel in that video. And really, it just looks like this, the six of them just hung out in this loft apartment, had a hell of a lot of fun, did a lot of that static shots that all lead up to one another. Like, do you remember "Hardest Button to Button" by? Uh, oh yeah, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a, you know, how, like yeah. the, every time she hits a kick drum, it makes that sound, and there's one shot of that, and then he hits the cymbal, and that's another shot, and they sort of tie all that together. Oh god, that was really. Really badly described, anyway. Don't no, I, I, no, I've got um, you entirely. Yeah, now no, I'm going to go and watch that video. Oh, yeah, uh, it's really cool. It's really slick. The Daft Punk video I was thinking of is called Daft Funk. Okay, so OD, it tricked me at the start. I thought, man, this is going to be like some almost an African drumline vibe. It's cool. And yeah. they ditch that in the first four bars, <laughs> move straight into a very jazz funk fusion type sound. And I really like OD in that it is, I mean, everything's quite drum and bass heavy, but this one in particular, lets they, they let the bass fly a little bit and come away from being attached to the bass drum so much. There's a, a lot of their stuff where the, yep. the bass follows, the, the is tied in with the kit very tightly. Yeah, OD, o, o, OD in particular lets the bass go a bit more free range. And then it's got a hard yep. trap EDM finish to it, yep. which sort of sets yep. you up to keep going with that theme. And then they destroy it all with uh, Death Note, which is a good <laughs> the next song. Uh, departure. Oh, real flavour change, and I enjoyed it a lot. This was the one where I felt it had a real feel shift, and I'm assuming it's because of the guest artist. Chica Nito. Yeah. He's done a he's done a couple of YouTube videos with the Chica before. Just basically the two of them just being amazing together. Death Note has quite a fluid sort of feel to it. Yeah, I don't know if he necessarily brings that with his vibe, but it's, it, it suits their playing well. I'm, I don't know if they've done other collabs in the past, but they do mesh very well together. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, very similar similar sorts of styles whilst being different, if that makes any sense. Back on that other point, I, I really like the way it flowed through different movements in the song. Yep. And yep. there were distinct elements in it. And then you'd have callbacks coming back to main themes. I just felt like it was really well constructed Death Note yep. as a yep, as a song. Right, bad. I've got a weird angle on bad. Bad is so theatrical, it's not funny. almost see Lin-Manuel Miranda writing the lyrics to this song. It sounds like like it's a monster of a song. And there's this middle section that's like the end of Hamilton where the credits are rolling and the drummer cuts loose. And that's what this yep. this reminded me of so much. You know when you hear something and you think, 
oh man, I bet nobody else thinks this. <laughs> like you have this weird idea and I can't put it down. Yeah, if Tim That's was awesome. here, I'd be like, call in Manuel and write some shit for him because that would be amazing. Yeah, that's that's how I feel about bad standout. It's good. It 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 it, uh, it projects that imagery into you, and that's a uh, that's uh, no mean feat for an original composition. So that's awesome. There's elements in that that again are so lyrical without any lyrics. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that was great. Yeah, uh, crack and track. Mm-hmm. Sure, cool. But that brings me on to drown and a bone. I have to pick with you. I didn't do it. I've done it. <laughs> I don't have too much to say about Drown. It's a nice track. I, I like it. But uh, you said when we were um, given this album to listen to, it's instrumental, but it's not like Joe Satriani. I beg to differ. Beg to differ a wee bit. Right, if you're going to tell me that that does not sound like Satriani, early stuff, then boy, do I have a bone to pick with you, young sir. Hold on. (laughs) Wait for it. I found it. I found the the Saturani track that sounds like a Polyphia track. 100%. Yeah. 1987 Surfing with the Alien. (laughs) That's it. Drawing upon their influences. I wonder if that was uh, Matteo Sassato lending his his ear to it all and uh, his bit of a take. Maybe he's a bit steeped in the annals of history of instrumental guitar from the great rock god himself. Well, everybody should be. Right. Rightly so. <laughs> uh, look, I – and then I deep-dived – well, not deep-dived. I did a, quite a shallow dive because that song Echo is from the last half of Surfing with the Alien, which is obviously not the rock stuff that everybody yep. knows Surfing with the Alien has. And I listened to Joe's 2018 – I didn't listen to the whole thing, but I, I skipped through Joe's 2018 release, and it's more the rock stuff and less of that stuff. Yeah, cool. So while <laughs> while Joe was doing similar stuff to elements of this album in 1987, he's definitely not doing that stuff at the moment. You know, I, I don't yeah, think that's sure. the direction he ultimately ended up with. I don't think Polyphia are in any way copying Joe Satriani. <laughs> I just wanted to say <laughs> there are some similar, there's a similar sort of sound to some of their stuff that that's all going going clean and like you said that's a thing that lead guitarists do is they go clean to stand out above everything else and even like it does hark back to Joe's clean sound in those uh slightly more epic opuses and and just his his clean sound as well it's like it's it's so similar to what these lads are doing just that interesting hyper compressed slightly broken up but just so powerful such a strong Sound from them. Speaking of sound, how did you find the neurophones? Like I said, I end up listening to a, a lot of stuff in my car, which is great for audiobooks and podcasts, but not awesome for albums. But I do have some of those neurophone headphones that give you a full color sound. And this album through that was like turning up the, the color on your TV, going from black and white to color. It was incredible. Unbelievable. Yeah, I've never put on a set of cans quite like them before. Obviously, I listen to a lot of uh, flat reference 
sort of headphone style, which really sort of give you a good spectrum of everything without coloring the sound with too much bass, which is such a big problem with so many uh, of your, your headphones that you get from the shops or whatever. As, as good as they are, they all come predetermined as to what you're going to hear. These headphones were like nothing else. You know, obviously they do the little 3D scan of your ear, ear canals and tailor it exactly to what you're, you know, what you're listening through, which is ultimately I'm glad you said ears. that because I wasn't sure if it was a bit scammy. I got those headphones on a bit of a whim. Yep. I'm a tech nerd, and I was pushed into it by my brother who recommended this album. And oh, what a surprise! <laughs> I think they're good. So to hear you say, because I know you've had experience with some high end equipment, to hear you say that yep. they they were giving me what I hoped I was getting, uh, that's great. It's a different sort of thing as well with it, because like it's as I was going on about you know headphones emphasizing bass, like these have so much bottom end to it, the clarity and everything else, and the the space, you know, that's all I can sort of put it down to is the space between your ear holes that it creates. It's just you can hear everything coming at you from every direction, and they're all it's it's just all spread out. I don't know, it's it's hard to describe without trying them on, but like nothing is distorted, no frequency is is overbearing in any way, but it is. Huge, absolutely huge. And those bloody diaphragms that just rumble in there for that bottom end, I think that does as much in an audio sense as it does in um, the way it feels. In a physical sense on your your head. Now, I have to mention we are in no way sponsored by Neurophone, but Neurophone, (laughs) we do like your stuff. Uh, We do like toys. (laughs) <laughs> and I, I think we I'm going to keep using that as a tool. We'll go week about listening to whatever album we end up listening to with those because I think if we're trying to do anything justice, we need to be able to hear everything properly. And within the fortnight that we're taking to listen to these albums, I'm listening on my phone. Yep. I'm listening through the neurophones, which are like this big full-spectrum sound. I'm listening in the, my, my crappy car while I'm jumping in and out and picking up different bits and pieces. Again, sort of putting these albums back into my life. It's so I'm like please keep doing this podcast with me. I'm I'm really grateful for it at the moment. I know we're three episodes in, but yeah, it's awesome. It is. It is awesome. We're we're listening to stuff that we wouldn't normally listen to and bring it into our lives and seeing how well they fit. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. That's the point of it. <laughs> okay. So skipping through a couple of songs. So strange. Featuring Kuko. Hey. This is like a feel-good hit of the summer, and I think it stands out on this album because it's got <laughs> it's got vocals on it, which is just uh, the chorus. And what's cool is they got the vocals as a chorus almost, yep. and then the guitars do verses essentially, which are just so- mad solos. Really, um, I really like the way that this song progresses because it does start off as such a happy little number. You feel like all sweet and jovial, and then once it gets past the second chorus, it's sort of uh, the big gnarly, dirty bass synth comes in and just takes this little bit of a turn for the last bit of the song, which is kind of really cool. It kind of makes it a little bit darker rather than being so super happy. Oh, that's that's an interesting twist on the video I had for this song in my mind. I was thinking maybe it was a little bit cliche, a little bit, a little bit too cool. Like, I thought the video might be some carefree 20-somethings in a 70s-inspired coast road trip with, uh, like, yeah, the full 
Polaroid 70s colour scheme. Lots of wind blowing in their hair as they drove uh, along the coast with their hand-cranked wind. The car is so old, it's got hand-cranked windows and somebody's got their foot out the window in a real sort of carefree way. And then there'd be some games of chases on the beach and maybe then a fire and, you know, heads leaning on shoulders. But then you said about the base and I'm thinking maybe a sea monster comes out the ocean. Something tragic. (laughs) They fall off a cliff. (laughs) Very much has that cool sort of 70s summer vibe, though. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. 2000s version of a 70s summer vibe. God, what would that be? That would be this song. (laughs) Yeah, that would be this song. (laughs) I don't know. There's a lot of elements that we have heard definitely before in this song. Sometimes, because I do miss the bass in in and out my car. Again, I'm going to make that excuse. You miss bits. You miss. Sure, you I miss mean, that weird intent at the end. Yeah, maybe I was looking too deeply into it. But no, 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 definitely. You know, it's, I'm not sure if uh, if that was Clay adding his little feel to it. But the the bass line takes this little sort of semi evil warbly kind of effect thing going on uh, toward you know, the last part of the song and it, it could be, takes it in a bit of a different direction. It could very much might be, be. Intentional, might not be. Yeah, this band making one, wanting to make an intentional uh, twist on what has already been established, which would make a lot of sense in the context of this Indeed. album. I thought it was great. If that was their intent, then I, I really like sort of where they took this little happy bit of sunshine and, <laughs> and something else with it. But it, it is. It's a definite standout track. Yeah, it's it's quite different and a little bit of a departure from the rest of the album. But I think by that stage in the album, you kind of want something that's a bit different as well too. And injecting vocals in there just sort of keeps everyone guessing. The track selection and list of this album is an interesting one. The next song we're going to talk about is Goat. And Goat could have easily been track number one yep. or track number three. Yep, kind of like, and they've put it at the end. Kind of like the moon. I like the mastery of that too, so that's quite a cool thing. I love it. I love this song heaps. Yeah, it starts off like a demented. I, I keep thinking of one of those music boxes that you get in horror films that's just slightly broken ding, down ding, and then it ding, stops ding, and then cool. absolutely. That's a lot of Tim's masterful production in the studio. There is a lot. When you listen deep to Goat, there is, there's a, like, guitar, bass, drums, incredible. And then there's all these little samples in behind it. And that's, yep. And that's maybe what I was saying before is that some of the tracks like Bad and Death Note a bit sort of breathe a bit more and let you hear some of the other production that goes underline. Yep. And depending on the quality of your speakers, you're going to miss some of that stuff. Well, well, that's definitely Tim's style as well with his songwriting. It's like they do love their EDM. They do love their rap and, and hip-hop beats, and that's very prevalent in everything that they do. Or oh, the EP before this was like literally no guitars. It was just all programming, and all the guitarists in the world hated it. But, you know, it was <laughs> them just going. And they knew that was going to happen, evidently. They were just like, everyone's going to yeah, hate this, and they yeah, called man. it that. The most hated, which I thought was well, just tip of the hat. Well, that's the thing. I mean, the most hated, they didn't really care what people thought. They just went for what they wanted to do at the time. And they're quite headstrong hats, to say the least. They just want to create the greatest music. That's what they're they're going for. Um, Oh, yeah, totally, totally hats off to them because they're 
doing what they want, but on one hand it's like don't give a shit and whatever. But there's not a lot of irony to this. There's, it's not postmodern. It, it's not hipster. It's a band with a vision doing what they want and not really compromising and or nor apologising. Like, yeah, okay. So. You hate this? Doesn't matter because you might like the next thing because it's going to be different. Like these guys, yeah. these guys have the potential to be anything they want, honestly. Yeah. They could be the next Stones. They could be around till they're – Till they're ninety, you know. Yep. Of the album, and like I say, it could have been it could have been track number one because they're pushing hard on the EDM and and trap sound so much and showing off so much in Goat. Yep. Interestingly, this is how they open their show, and they start this with a wall of death. They make <laughs> they make the crowd. Yeah, this is uh, okay. You've got. Yeah, how do you do a wall of death to something that doesn't have distortion on guitars? And this is this, this was challenging for me. So they push the crowd apart, and at the drop, they have this wall of death. And then the mosh pit keeps going for the whole of this song. Now, I would argue that this song is actually quite mellow. Would you, would you waltz in to the wall of death? Would it be sort of like a shimmy shake as you made your I'd, way in? I'd wear fucking center? tucks and tails is what I'd, I'd do. <laughs> <laughs> it must be, and I can only imagine because you can't get this out of like I've, I've seen YouTube videos. You can't get this out of these laptop speakers. It must be that EDM pushed super bass from the two clays coming yeah. through there with the guitars over the top that is pushing these kids into a frenzy. Either that, or kids these days will dance to anything. Like I just, and they don't care. Which is equally refreshing. Do you I think get- it's kind of cool. I mean, like, if, if they're going to keep getting pushed onto these sorts of bills, then it's only fair that they, they make the most of it and bring the angst. I, yeah, like you say, man, I mean... I, I There's an appetite it. for it. There has to be. They're, they're getting asked to do it, yeah. and they're, they're, getting, they're pulling good crowds. They've got rabid fans. I'm one now. I, like, I like this yeah. stuff. I think it's great. I don't have to be ashamed of liking... I like dance music. I like this stuff. And that seems to be what the attitude is shifting towards today. Like, this is a real side jag. I was hanging out with some shanty singing fellas. We were at a surf thing and there's 20-something-year-old professional surfers. They all came in. They were having a whale of a time because there was a whale of a time to be had. There was no preconceptions. There was no metal T-shirt standing back with their arms crossed. No one was too cool to get into it. Maybe that's what this is. Nobody's too cool to just go, this is good. I don't think in a, an environment like that, or like I don't know anyone that's ever listened to, say, Goat, for example, and just going, oh, no, that's a big pile of poo. I think if you walked into a festival and you saw this starting to take off, you go, that's weird and creepy, and then all of a sudden she drops and it's just like, holy crap. You, you, it'd part your hair. You'd, you'd be hard-pressed <laughs> not to be impressed. Even if you don't appreciate guitar or don't you know play an instrument or whatever, you still have to listen to it and go, holy shit, that's insane. Oh, agreed. Agreed. Yeah. This podcast may have ended up being a little bit scattershot, but that's basically, I think, because we've both been blown away by this album and trying to do it justice with words where the album has very few. It's hard. It's like trying to paint it. It's like trying to paint a picture with just water. It's a great album. It really is. The more I talk about it, the more I like it. Yeah, I think that's hit us both the same way, mate. Okay, so best songs. Oh, you have to pick one. That's yeah, the, no, it's on the run sheet, Tim. 
All right. If, if, yeah, 100%. If I'm going to pick one, it's absolutely GOAT. First song I heard from him is the song that just sold me on it. I just loved everything about it from the production, the whole album, but the, the rawness of the drums, the rawness of all the instruments, this big gnarly sound that's not normal sound, where it goes, the spookiness of it and just the hugeness of it and the crossover of genres with EDM and, and all of that while still being produced by the four musicians absolutely blew me away. All right. Well, yeah, I am going... Greatest of all time. <laughs> G-O-A-T. I am going to implore you, while you have my neurophones, to uh, go back and listen to Bad. It sits really, really well with the complexity and then the groove. This album does a trick for me where the complexity of the playing fools you into thinking that it's more complex as a whole than it is. There's lots of simplicity in the grooves and the constructions of the songs. It's not Meshuggah. It's not Math Rock. You don't have to have a degree in physics to listen to this stuff. There is definite groove here. But Bad falls a little bit outside that and it does veer into your more complex com- composition, but but still sits really well with this album. And I can't get away from this idea that it could be in the next musical and it would blow people away. Have a, have a listen, Tim. Like there are some little bits in there, some tiny little bits that actually come to the fore in bad in particular. We'll spin your brain if you have a good, good listen. 100%. Cool. Okay, worst song on the album. And uh, okay, let's say just not the best one that you love. Ah, that's a tough one. Um, oh, I don't know. They, they, I'd have to have to actually go. Probably, um, so strange. Yeah, hang oh, on, that's mine too. <laughs> lot. Yeah, uh, just just because it does. It she stands out, and I don't know if it super matches up with everything else in the rest of the album. Whilst I also think that's kind of a good thing because it's a bit of a. I won't be a skipping a it. I won't be skipping it. No, like, I don't hate it. Like I don't hate any of these songs. I didn't say hate. It's just best and worst, uh, or best and not best. Let's say best and not best. Yeah, it's my most unbesterest. If somebody said you have to leave this song off the album, you don't like you. You've bought the album, yeah. but you only had two dollars ninety five, not two dollars ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> we have to leave an album, a song. I don't know what an album costs. You have to, you have to leave this song off. Oh, for me, I just get. Oh, just leave so strange off. I. I really think it's a valiant effort, and I like what they were trying to do with it, but I have heard that song done just as well by Calvin Harris or... Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Polyphia, New Levels, New Devils. Go get it. Amazing album by an amazing bunch of Texans and definitely worth a gander. It's not like anything you've heard before. If you have heard something like this before, this isn't it. (laughs) If you heard something that made you feel as good as discovering this album for us was, we want to know... You can hit us up at albumspod at gmail.com. Tell us an album that you love from start to finish. I don't care if it is in Hindi. I don't care if it is from the 1930s. I don't, like, I just don't care. If you love it from start to finish, this is what we want to get into. Please hit us up there. Tim, oh, hang on. All right. Is it staying on your phone? Yes, 100%. Yeah, I'm leaving it on mine. I, 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 I am, I'm leaving it on mine. Yep, absolutely. Cool. All right. Uh, until next time, adios, amigos. Adios, muchachos. See you.